Man, Teoscar Hernandez is really on a hitting streak, eh? <laughs> uh, That's a joke that'll pay off in fruition if you listen to the entire episode. So now make sure <laughs> you listen to the whole thing so you can get that joke I just made. Yes, absolutely. Hi, and is this the cold open? This, I hate I, this. You hate this? Why? It just, uh, I feel like I'm not prepared. You You were comfy in our rant format? Well, yeah, the rant's whatever, but the cold open, I'm not sure about. Well, we got to start the podcast somehow. Yeah, I guess so. And and it definitely shouldn't start with us welcoming the audience to the podcast. That would make no sense. Hello, audience, and welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling. Uh, How was that? That was perfect, but that's kind of my thing. I usually do it after the theme song. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, well, we'll Speaking put the theme songing right here. And welcome <laughs> to the floor, low ceiling, the sports podcast you're listening to now. Griffin, we're uh, we're having fun today, aren't we? we I'm going to preemptively say that this episode is going to be fun. For no reason, uh, but definitely do listen to the second segment, which we have, of course, not recorded yet. Yes, of course, that would be dishonest of us. Uh, to be fair, we do almost always record in order, uh, yeah, but this we week did, we, we did. didn't. We didn't. We lied. <laughs> I'm sorry, we lied. It's a little bit of audio trickery, a little bit of movie magic. Yeah, uh, we'll give you a peek behind the curtain. At any rate, Griffin, when you uh, well, said. We, when I cut you off and you were going to say, and speaking of the theme song, did you mean that I, I should put the theme song there? Or were you going to like bring up something about our theme song? No, I have no problems with our theme song. Do you have any no, feelings neither do about I. our theme song? No, I like okay. it. Well, it's a good beat. <laughs> Perfect. You found yeah. it, I believe. Yes, and I also once, I saw it in a YouTube video because it is like a copyright-free YouTube song. Oh, I know it and is, was... Chris, and... I, I don't know how I don't know if you knew this already, but it is also the theme song to OUA in conversation. Um, <laughs> but this it wasn't true. These two podcasts were getting started around the what? same time, and you said I found a theme song, and my co-host of OUA in Co- on conversation, Justine, said I found a theme song, and I was like, great, perfect, didn't think twice. And then after listening to a couple episodes of both, I was like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> That's crazy. I, of These course, am a huge fan song. of a conversation, but I always plug my ears during the theme song. That's true. Yeah, you famously uh, boycotted our theme song after well, that's, learning that it was stolen. Yeah, I mean, I love Justine, and so I'm very, I'm happy that we were thinking alike in this regard, but that's a shocking revelation, Griffin, and it's a perfect way to get into this week's episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a shocking revelation for you, Griffin. You've the never listened to ter- OUA in conversation. Is that that? Are you that, shocked by that news? <laughs> I've heard every episode of Bivy of Bivies. That's all I'm saying. I am a vocal supporter of OUA in conversation, <laughs> and the amount of cachet and clicks that I bring to OUA in conversation, coming back soon, everyone look out for it, is worth so much more wow. than one person listening to it could ever be. <laughs> so I'm kind of paying you in exposures, the long and the short oh, of it. Oh, there we go always on the right side of history (laughs) absolutely and i'll find a way to go on the right side if i'm not um we were talking about shocking revelations griffin yes we were and i have one for you which is that the 
Toronto Blue Jays are a competent baseball organization. It didn't seem like they were going to be uh, trending in that direction, but of course, we we realized sort of after the fact that we have not talked about Charlie Montoya's firing, which did take place uh, two weeks ago now. Uh, but they did that, and since then, they have just been uh, rattling off the wins, including particularly, I think, the three-game sweep of Boston, the record-setting runs total. I mean, that was just... That really sort of brought everything back around for the Blue yeah, Jays, I feel like. that does feel like... I, I wasn't alive. I know that you were only 14, Chris, but back in 1992, mm-hmm. um, when the Blue Jays won their first World Series, they there was a game in September where they beat the Milwaukee Brewers like 22 to 2 or something like that and then after that game didn't lose two games in a row the rest of the season. Wow. Uh so yeah, it just sort of has the feel of one of those games where the Blue Jays have obviously been through this tough thing lately that where they fired Charlie Montoyo maybe just because uh I mean from what we've heard since that happened, maybe his message had worn a little thin in the locker room. Obviously the Blue Jays had lost a lot of games and it's tough to be the upbeat positive guy when you lose those games i think that is kind of the thing that like specifically his sort of messaging because i think the way that he was sort of approaching things and obviously we don't know everything but i do feel like the manager especially charlie montoya was more sort of visible than your average coach might be but i feel like his thing was sort of like, our guys are all either veterans, you know, we have like George Springer, Matt Chapman, those guys are veterans, or like young, good players. Everyone sort of knows what's going on and they know what's expected of them. So instead of like hammering home what's expected of them, I'll assume that they know that and I'll sort of try and be like the calming presence. So when we're losing games, it's like, it's okay because you guys are a good team. Like it it was sort of just like, I know we're a good team. And so I will sort of project the idea that we're a good team. But then when they're not playing well and they're like continuously not playing well, it becomes really hard to just keep being like, we're a good team. And that really was what he was saying. He was like, like, you know, game after game, it was like, well, I know our pitching is going to get better and I know our batting is going to get better. And he was right. But I feel like that sort of just didn't really hold water when they were in the spot they were before the All-Star break. Yeah, and it is funny. Like uh, We all saw the reports about being one of the... It's a rare occasion when a manager gets fired when his team is in the playoff spot. But I think that just speaks to the expectations that are held for this Blue Jays team. And they've only lost once since uh, John Schneider took over as manager. And I do always feel like it was inevitable that John Schneider was going to be the manager of this team. I think the Dwayne Casey, Nick Nurse comparisons are too strong to ignore. You've got this guy who was great for a rebuild, and he was great to sort of help mold young players, but maybe just didn't have the tactical decisions that were really required to repeat to compete at a championship level and so you've got this young guy who you brought up through your minor league system which the blue jays did with john schneider raptors didn't really do with nick nurse but they still found a young coach to sort of learn the ropes at the major level and uh take over and lead the team to glory so (laughs) yeah absolutely it's it's ironclad Um, i think no i think i do think that there is definitely some validity in that and i do think that Charlie Montoya made sense as like someone who could instill confidence into a young team. Um, but, you know, I think, and again, we don't necessarily always know how much of an impact the manager is having at a given time, but it did seem like 
the thing that they were preaching a lot when John Schneider came in was like holding people accountable, maybe like, you know, cracking the whip, you know, carrot and the stick being the classic analogy, maybe a little more stick, uh, a little less carrot (laughs) because Charlie Montoya is certainly all carrot. But the other thing that has really surprised me in terms of my own feelings is like, I feel like I have a lot more confidence in the Blue Jays bullpen than I did even like for two or three weeks ago where it's like, you know, obviously Jordan Romano, that always felt solid. But now it's like uh, Adam Simber, Tim Meza, I guess, Jimmy Garcia, David Phelps, Max Castillo, who I think is like really good. Like I'm very happy with what we've seen from Max Castillo so far. But then like that's like, what, five guys, six guys? Like, that feels like a competent bullpen, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. And I do <laughs> think that they will... I mean, you sold me on it. Uh, I do think that there will be a pickup for the Blue Jays in the bullpen. Uh, maybe a but left-hander. That, but don't you feel like now almost the bullpen feels more sturdy, that they can really go and look for a starter and that will be the sort of main goal and then even like you know i don't know what they think about yusei kikuchi what they might plan to do with him but like he almost feels like tailor-made for a reliever position in a weird way um or you know like a long reliever or something like that do you think that they would consider putting him in the bullpen they'd be paying him a lot to put him in the bullpen certainly yeah that's tough with him um he is i think he's supposed to start Maybe on the day that this podcast comes out, Chris, he'll be back from the injured list. So hopefully mm-hmm. uh, a renewed energy and focus from him. Uh, I did hear, I was listening to, I believe, At The Letters, the Blue Jays podcast via Sportsnet. They were talking about the fact that Yusei Kikuchi is a Scott Boris client. So someone that the Blue Jays would want to tread lightly with. You don't want to do anything to anger anyone when they've got such a powerful agent. But I do think that he is, like, the way he was going before the injury was not like, you couldn't run him out there as a major league team with championship no. aspirations. So, yeah, I guess a starter would be a great pickup for the Blue Jays. Um, I mean, you said Kikuchi has been an all-star before. It's not like he's never had success at the big league level, so hopefully he will somehow be able to find that again. Uh, but for now, I think that, fingers crossed, he can come out. But I don't think that the Blue Jays need to spend for a top of the line starter. As much as I love the Cincinnati Reds' Luis Castillo, I think he would be a great pickup for them like the blue jays right now are probably looking at a wild card series where your three starters are going to be in order i would assume alec alec manoa kevin gossman jose barrios and then ross stripling if you get through there but for a three-game series i think the blue jays would put like i would put those three starters up against anyone in the american league i think those are three really good starters yeah and my feeling about kikuchi is mostly that like the the idea was sort of like They'll bring in a starter and then Stripling will rotate out. But Stripling has been so good that, like, you really, ha- I have no desire to see him taken away from the position he's been in now, where it's like, you know, maybe he is only going five innings, but he is really competent in the starting role, it seems like. Yeah. Also, let I my will... boy Ross pitch through the order a third time. I don't get why. Like, he's got like a 2.2 ERA since Ryu got injured, and they like, they're still treating him with such. I get that he's more of a smoke and mirrors pitcher, so maybe they're afraid of batters getting a better look yeah. at him. But give my give my guy a chance. He's done nothing but prove that he can handle everything so far. Yeah, I've been very very happy with how he's played this season. Um, on a scale of one to ten, Griffin, what is your panic level about Jose Barrios? Because 
I feel like even in the outings where they're like, Jose Brios had a good outing today, it's like, yes, he got shelled for like five hits and three runs in the first, but after the first, he was really good. Yeah, it's like a, a three and a half. I'm not very panicked about Jose Brios, Chris. You know that I am a big things regress to the mean type. Jose Brios has shown us for years that he is a good an above average major league starter like to a like borderline all-star level uh in july i believe he has an era around three like he's been pretty good lately so i think that he had some weird uh start of the year bumps that lasted a bit longer than most people's start of the year bumps generally do but i have confidence that he'll figure it out he's done it before many many times and i think that he will be a weapon for this jays team especially like as a number three starter which he now just sort of is by default i think he has the capability to be a much better number three starters than most than most teams can show yeah but i guess it just does feel so inconsistent like he had the outing at the end of june it went eight runs didn't get out of the third inning and then a similar one at the end of may six earned runs didn't get out the third inning that is sort of where my hesitation lies like he can really have those like spike games like gosman's had one of those games that game the sort of the pitch tipping game that people sort of remember yeah manoa much less so he has really emerged as like the guy on this team and i there was a tweet that i wanted to make (laughs) that i regret not making now because like he ended up getting like touched up for a few runs right before i was about to send it but People talk so much about, I guess less so with the All-Star game now having happened, but for a while, people were talking so much about Gosman and Barrios, and it's like, Alec Manoa is the best pitcher on this team. Like, people don't seem to talk about that, really. Yeah, I think you missed the boat on that tweet a bit, Chris. <laughs> I think people now firmly know that Alec Manoa is the best yeah, pitcher on the, the Blue Jays. since the All-Star break, certainly. Uh, he's like, he's a Cy Young candidate and might be, if not the favorite, like top three uh, he has had a phenomenal, phenomenal season, and I think he's pitched himself out of any sort of trade talk, bar- like barring Juan Soto. But I think in this case, Chris, would you, if the, if you had the rest of the deal worked out and the Nationals said you get to choose, we'll give you Juan Soto, but you get to choose, you have to either give us Alec Manoa or Bo Bichette. I think I would say take Bo Bichette. Oh, absolutely, I would say take Bo Bichette. Wow, um, no hesitation. Well, I. I I like Bo Bichette. I think most Blue Jays fans are in sort of a similar situation where it's like, they're like, I like Bo Bichette, but you never really feel, like, inspired by Bo Bichette, you know? That's true. Like, but has, did... has anyone ever been, like, really excited about Bo Bichette? I guess in his rookie year, but, like, yeah, since then. I mean, then... last year he did lead the American League in hits. Like, he, he, sure. he's not nothing. He's a I pretty mean, damn good player. I think he's a perfectly good player, and he is, like, really solid. And that's just not anything to get excited about, really. And part of that is coming in and being good right away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to lose Bobachette for one set. I'll put it that way. I would be much sadder about losing Alec Minow, not only from a personality standpoint, because I think Alec Minow is great, but, you know, the Blue Jays aren't really in a position where they can give up top-end starting pitching, certainly. And they can they can sort of give up infielding, I mean, of course, Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal as your sort of middle infielders it maybe isn't the most potent offensive lineup, but they can sort of afford to make some concessions in that area. Yes, agreed. Wow, I had no idea you were so low on Bo Bichette. Uh, I, I, maybe over, I was too under, harsh on him. over under two and a half career all-star appearances for Bo Bichette. Um, 
That's a great question. And I'm going to say he doesn't have one already, right? No, I don't believe so. I will say if he does, under. I'll up it to three and a half. One second. Well, I think I think that I think you set the number really well. Is what I will say. Thank you. Uh, I think that I most guess... Blue Jays fans would be pretty upset with that number. I think you might be right. He was an All Star last year. Yes. Okay. Uh, so over under three and a half career All Star appearances for Bo Bichette. I'm I'm leaning towards no because I think you can just like it's. I do just keep coming back to, like, Santiago Espinal wasn't all-star this year. And I love Santiago <laughs> Espinal, but, like, come on. It's Is that really game. what we, we think of as, like, an all-star player? Yeah. And so I will say over for that reason, you know, if we're talking about, you know, seasons where he's a top seven shortstop in the league, I'd probably say under three and a half seasons. Wow. That is Maybe top breaking five. <laughs> news. Chris, the Bo Bichette hater, I would absolutely take the over there. The kid's 24 years old, younger than me, much younger than Chris. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I'm surprised that you're so low on Bob Bichette. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm being too harsh. But, like, it is just combusted. Like, it's like, what is there to really get that excited about? Like, does he have, like, an elite? tool do we think he led the league in hits that's pretty elite. but like that seems a little context. misleading like well, leading he... the league in like in a counting stat i mean sure but what what was the stat about his first 162 games like he i think he has pretty good power uh i'm just gonna vamp for a second here yeah he had 29 home runs last year 102 rbi uh and he was an all-star finished 12th in mvp voting that's surprising to me. 121 OPS plus. He was 21% better than the average big league hitter. Yeah. And 828 OPS. His strongest year was certainly his 46 games in 2019, where he had a 144 OPS plus. And this year he did struggle off the start, but he's sort of gotten it back under control. He's now batting 260 with a 421 slugging percentage. Yeah, I mean, if, if he is, if he's hitting like in the high 200s with okay power, at shortstop, which he, I, I will give him credit. He hasn't proved at shortstop. I absolutely uh, do agree with that. And so I suppose, sure. And, you know, he has been healthy the last two seasons. That is certainly uh, something that can't be discounted either. So I will I will soften my comments on Bobichet. I was too harsh on him, certainly. But it might be just more of a case of where what he does doesn't really jump off the page necessarily, you know? Yes, that's fair. Um, well... We'll have to keep an eye on that over the next 10 to 12 <laughs> years of high floor, low ceiling, really. <laughs> yeah. Keep track of Bo uh, Yes. Uh, but before we get to our exciting uh, second part of this episode, Griffin, I believe we have cooked up a little game. Is that correct? Yes. This was a game that I thought of in the middle of an episode. Some of our dedicated listeners might remember several, several weeks ago. Um, I think that was the one where I was really quiet. But this is a game inspired <laughs> by the NBA on TNT's Who He Play For. This is a game called Did He Play For, uh, in which we go through Journeyman Chris. I believe I limited it to only the NBA to make it more accessible for you. I'm not sure if you did the same. I did also go with NBA only, yes. Okay, great. Uh, so, yes, we're going to be quizzing each other on whether or not a certain player ever played for a certain team. And, Chris, I will get it started I'm going to give you a Hall of Famer here to start it off. A future Hall Very of generous. Famer. A Toronto Raptors legend. He will be a Hall of Famer. Anyone can get into the NBA Hall of Fame. This guy's going to get into the <laughs> You're NBA famous, right? 
Um, so Vince Carter, Chris, I think we all know, mm-hmm. started his career with the Toronto Raptors before going to the New Jersey Nets. But then he had a little bit of a journeyman era, played mm-hmm. for a lot of different teams over the back mm-hmm. sort of 10 years of his career. So I want to know, Chris, was Vince Carter ever, for any length of time, a member of the Denver Nuggets? Okay, I do think I will be good at this game, is what I will say. I think you will be too. I, my gut instinct is no. I, l- l- I think I can name virtually every team Vince Carter played for. Wow. He played for the Hawks in his last season. Of course, he was a Raptor. Of course, he was a Net. We all remember he was a Maverick, a great role player during those years. He was a Magician. He played for the Orlando Magic. He was a Phoenix Sun, I believe. Yes. Uh, and is that that's about it? I think he maybe uh, has so one or have, two. You have the Raptors, the Nets, the Mavericks, the Hawks, and the Magic, and the Suns, and the Suns. You're still missing two. One of which might Ooh. be the Denver Nuggets. Ooh, this is interesting. Uh, I don't think he was ever a Heatsman. Uh, of course, he wasn't a Bull. He wasn't a Celtic. <laughs> You're just going to do it one by one. <laughs> uh, see, I don't think... See, like, it's like the Clippers. You know, of course, they had, like, Paul Pierce. Like, they they were sort of in an era where they were just sort of filtering out old small forwards. Um, I don't I'll think he was a for either. One of these teams, he spent three seasons. Wow. Oh, he, of course, he was a Memphis Grizzly. There we go. Uh, the last team, was it the Denver Nuggets? Can I get it? It was... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say firmly, it was not the Denver Nuggets. That is correct. You get one point there. Uh, and I will give you a bonus point if in the next 10 seconds you can name the last team that Vince Carter played for. He played... Okay, he seems like a real Western Conference 58 guy. 58 games for this team at the age of 41. Wow. So... Oh, wait, no. Uh, Five, four, three, two, one. Final guess, Warriors. please, Chris. No, no he was wasn't not. a warrior. It was the Sacramento Kings. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did not remember games, that at all. He was, yeah. points per game. They stayed. That was like when they had that really confusing offseason where they signed like Vince Carter and George Hill. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, what are they doing? <laughs> and they <laughs> were right. selling tickets. That's what they're doing. I guess so. Oh, and Trevor Ariza as well. Yeah. All right. One point uh, for you, Chris, in did he play for Great. Um, Griffin, we mentioned that Vince Carter was a magician. Uh, I'm giving you a player who is really one of the ultimate NBA jurymen, at least in our lifetimes. Of course, you know, uh, we in doing research for this, I discovered Robert Horry only played for four teams uh, in his illustrious NBA career, which really surprised me. But a classic journeyman, Uncle Jeff, they call him, Jeff Green, was Uncle Jeff ever a member of the orlando magic Jeez, yeah jeff green a lot of teams the one that come to mind right away obviously the celtics the cleveland cavaliers mm-hmm. i believe he was a utah jazz yep. at one point he was a um, jasmine a jasmine did he did he play for the suns as well uh i don't want to give you too much griffin okay all right um i'm going to say that yes jeff green did play for the orlando magic griffin you are Correct. Yeah. Jeff Green was a member of the 2017 Orlando Magic, coached by Frank Vogel, a thing people Weird. forget a lot. Uh, they went 29 and 53. Uh, Bismack Biombo was on this team. Sergi oh, yeah. Baca was on this team before he was traded to the Raptors. 
a very interesting lineup to say the least. Uh, but yes, Jeff Green was a magician, of course, drafted by Seattle, OKC. He also played in Memphis. He was a Clipper. He was a Wizard. Oh, I should have asked you Wizard. That's a better one. Uh, he was a Houston Rocket. He was a Net, and most recently, of course, a Nugget. I don't think I would uh, so, have gotten the Wizards, but yeah. So one point which, for you, Griffin. Chris, all right, we're tied at one here. Mm-hmm. You're familiar, of course, with Isaiah Thomas the Younger, the five foot one maestro of the NBA. <laughs> I, um, is he really five foot one? No, that can't I think be right. He's like five foot eight. <laughs> yeah, um, but I Chris, believed you for a second. The great Isaiah Thomas played for ten teams oh, so far man. in his NBA career, including like six one. over the last three years. Yeah, that's really where it's tough. But go ahead. But was Isaiah Thomas ever a Washington Wizard? He was. He absolutely was. You are um, absolutely emphatically correct. He played, this might have been too easy, he played 40 games with the Wizards in 2019-2020, averaged 12.2 points per game, shot 41% from three. And what I should course, have done is given you the New Orleans Pelicans, where I believe he played three games. Yeah, or was he on the Suns? He was that on was the Suns. That was his first, or maybe his second team. That was before. Yeah, because he, he, he was a king first. A king, and then, then he a was a son, the three-headed point guard monster of oh, Isaiah Dragic Thomas, Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, and Dragic. Yeah, really funny. Uh, I mean, this is just this is really like my favorite thing to do is just to be yeah. like, remember this team? Um, and then yes, he was a Celtic. He was I feel a Cavalier. Like this is what we would do if we ever got together in person, just hang out, talk old, things, <laughs> sure. which you have never let us do. Um, well, we're gonna go see Bullet Train, Griffin, and we'll review that on this podcast as well. <laughs> there's got to be one sports scene in there. That's all we need. I pray. Uh, so two points for me. Let's let's speed these up a little, perhaps. Although I am having a good time. But uh, Griffin, I'm going to give you a Hall of Famer, one of the greats, one of the great defensive players of our time, the Glove himself, Gary Payton. Was Gary Payton ever a Milwaukee Buck? Jeez, that's tough. I have to confess, the '90s are not my strongest era of NBA basketball. I know that Gary mm. Payton. I mostly know him as a Seattle SuperSonic. Obviously, went to the finals with that team, and the the Sonics and the Bucks are too similar in my head. So I'm going to say he was not in Milwaukee. Griffin, you are absolutely incorrect. Oh. Gary Payton played half a season. He was a trade deadline acquisition for the 2003 Milwaukee Bucks. Coached by George Carl. Yeah, he's sort of a, a he he was a rookie in 1991, so he is sort of a 90s mm. 2000s guy. Uh, as you said, played in, played in Seattle for several seasons, like about a decade, uh, and then was a Buck. Was of course famously a Laker uh, in that ill-fated 2004 season. Uh, one season in Boston, which is sort of an underrated one, and then wins a title with the Miami Heat at the end of his career. Well, I'm uh, glad so, he got a title. Uh, absolutely. So Chris, I'm, I, got, I have a 2-1 lead. Yes, you do have a 2-1 lead. I'm going to see your Hall of Famer and raise you. I think a better player, honestly. My guy's also a Hall of wow. Famer. He's a 13-time All-Star, a 3-time MVP. But despite that, despite being a 3-time MVP, he played for 9 teams during his mm-hmm. career. Uh, it's the great Moses Malone, of course, Chairman. Chris. So my question for you is, was Moses Malone ever a San Antonio Spur? Ooh, this is a good one. I mean, I will say, you have reached back much further. Yes, I have. This is highly unfair, but I knew that you would be better at this than I would. 
Yes. And of course we I know he was a Rocket. I know he was a 76er. Those are the big ones. Yeah. Um San Antonio I mean like he seems like such a San Antonio spur, I feel like. He's Doesn't sort of like he? he's a little plodding. But also, like, his era, is is this going to be something where, like, he played for them in the ABA or something evil? That would be no, really the, mean. The, the nine teams are all NBA teams. He played for a couple teams in the ABA before then, but he played for nine NBA teams, I should clarify. Okay, okay. I, he, he also really seems like a Western Conference guy to me. <laughs> like, I think he ended up playing for a bunch of Western Conference teams. I could be wrong about that. But I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say yes, he was a San Antonio Spur, but I don't really know. Well, Chris, that shows that you really know what type of player the Spurs go for. <laughs> yes. yes, Chris, the last ever stop in the great Hall of Fame career wow. of Moses Malone. He played 17 games for the San Antonio Spurs in 1994-95. Wow. so evil. Uh, averaging 2.9 points and 2.7 rebounds a game. Great. We all remember that. Um, and I, I have now opened up his basketball reference page, and I was completely wrong about him being a Western Conference guy. Other yeah, than Houston, he played exclusively for Eastern Conference teams. Until I mostly know him as an Atlanta Hawk. That's how I sure. That's interesting. Um, but, Griffin, I'm ready to blow this 3-1 lead. <laughs> I'm going to give you – I've got some more uh, all-star level players here. Grant Hill – of oh, course, yes. uh, we remember him from the Detroit Pistons. His career was sort of derailed due to injury. He bounced uh, around the, the league quite a bit. One of the great what-ifs. Uh, played for several teams, had a very long career, fortunately for him. Uh, but was he, Griffin, ever an Indiana Pacer? Oh, I thought you were going to say an Orlando Magic. I wonder if we could do all five players with only were they a member of the Interland of the Orlando Magic. We'll, we'll run that back for sure. Maybe the least relevant team in North American professional sports. Yes, but Grant Hill was very famously an Orlando yes, Magic. Yes, he was because, a great member of the year because he played with because they Tracy signed. Grady. Yes, and they did you know Griffin? They almost signed Tim Duncan as well to be right, their big yes, three. Yes, I have heard that. But, Chris, I can't believe you're even going to try me with the Indiana Pacers. Of course Grant Hill was an Indiana Pacer. Griffin, of course Grant Hill was not an oh, Indiana Pacer. Damn. He was a Detroit Piston, Orlando Magic. He actually, he, I thought think of him as bouncing around, but he really, he played for those two teams. He sort of carved out his role player career for five seasons in Phoenix, and then he had his final season with the Clippers, sort of in the same wheelhouse I was mm. talking about with Paul Pierce and, and his ilk. Yeah. Uh, I just... But it does it does kind of feel like it, right? Yeah, you picked the perfect, like, place where NBA players go to never be heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the mid-2000s, like, maybe he started next to Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. Who's to say? Um, Mike Bibby hanging out there. <laughs> sure. All right, Chris, this one I included in here because this was... The hypothetical one that I th- that I thought of when pitching this game to you in the middle of an episode a few weeks ago was Jay Crowder, a great role player of the 2010s and 2020s, mm-hmm. but has played for a lot of teams. Was he ever a member of the Memphis Grizzlies? Well, I do feel like this is a little unfair for you, Griffin, uh, because when you mentioned that, I did go and look at Jay Crowder, and so I'm pretty sure... He was a Memphis Grizzly. Let me see if I can just get, like, he was a Celtic. He was a Maverick. Uh, Of course, have you seen that famous gif where Brandon Wright takes off his shirt and then it's Jay Crowder? Oh, Uh, yes. (laughs) uh, 
He was a Cleveland Cavalier during that ill-fated 2018 season. Uh, he was a Heatsman, of course. Uh, what else? I believe he was a Jasmine. Yes. Uh, he was a Sun, of course. Of course. Could he have been a Clipper? That's an interesting one. Um, but all this to say, I am fairly certain he was indeed a Memphis Grizzly. And you would be correct on that, Chris. You are now four for four. And you also get a bonus point because you named all seven teams wow. that uh, Jay Crowder has played for and smartly stopped short of being the Los Angeles Clippers, which is funny because I have a real, like, Mandela. Like, I can perfectly picture Jay Crowder in a Los Angeles Clippers jersey. I know. It really makes sense. Like, a white Lob City era jersey it makes perfect yeah. sense. Or, like, the LAC inside. Uh, sure. Yeah, it really right, does Chris, make sense. Four for four and a bonus point. So you're up five to one at this point, I think. It's going to be yeah, tough for I, me to come back. I'm pretty pleased with uh, the ones I've been able to throw out at you, Griffin. Uh, Griffin, Stefan Marbury. Starbury. Uh, one, of, one of the ill-fated players of the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, his career, I don't think, panned out the way that most people were expecting. Uh, but did it, Griffin involve him taking a trip to the Rose City to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I don't know why, but I feel pretty good on this. I think that he was a Portland Trailblazer. Okay, Griffin, for this specific question, you have gotten the answer wrong. He was not a Portland Trailblazer. If this was like active players, I think I'd be doing better. Maybe, maybe. I think I have it like a hidden talent of picking the right team because, you know, the Portland Jail Blazers in the early 2000s, everyone remembers mm. those teams with like Rasheed Wallace. And it's like, I it doesn't totally make... picture him in like the black Portland jersey. Yeah, I feel like it sort of makes sense for him to sort of s- slot in there. But no, he yeah. was never a Portland really? Trail Blazer. Was he ever a Shanghai uh, he... Shark? I think he was. Um... I believe he was a Beijing Duck Griffin. Oh, yes. My mistake. Ooh. I could go for some <laughs> Chinese barbecue. You want to get Chinese Ooh. barbecue after sure. we see Bullet Train? Um. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just get all the uh, get it all Asian really. iconography in there. <laughs> uh, what what should we get from Korea? Um, gochujang. Oh, perfect. All right, Chris. The Anyways. last one for you. Uh, I, I'm giving you another Hall of Famer. A, maybe a member of the NBA '75 team. I forget. I think he was uh, Tracy McGrady. Chris, we all know, mm-hmm. I think, went Raptors, Magic, Rockets right. for the vast majority of his career. But after his time right. with the Houston Rockets came to a close, he played for three NBA teams in quick succession. I was one of those three teams the Los Angeles Clippers? No. And I can tell you the three teams. They were Please the Atlanta do. Hawks, the New York Knicks, and the San Antonio Spurs. Chris, uh... You you do get the point because it was not a Los Angeles Clipper, but Tracy McGrady did not play for the San Antonio Spurs. He was a New York uh, Knicks, an Atlanta Hawk, and a I'll just uh, say it, a Detroit Piston. Ooh, I don't think I would have gotten that. But Griffin, if you'll click over to the playoffs tab oh. of the uh, of Tracy McGrady's basketball reference page, you will see that in 2013 he was indeed a member of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, there was much conversation about this because it was the first time he had gotten out of the first round in his career as a Omega benchwarmer. He appeared in six playoff games, averaging five minutes a game. He was indeed a 
a San Antonio Spurs. Wow, I never thought to even check the playoff tab. You know what? Let's take away one of my points. Uh, so you are now up six nothing in this five contest competition. Uh, so let's see if I can get on the board here before we go to our yes. break. Yes, yes, you have one shot of redemption here, Griffin. Uh, Another Hall of Famer. I sort of went the same route as you. Uh, of course, remembered for his time with the Pistons, Ben Wallace. Mm. The, uh, in my opinion, the greatest defensive player of all time. Wow. But did he take his defensive talents to the New Jersey Nets? Mm. That's tough. I'm trying to picture. I'm picturing Ben Wallace as a Piston. I feel like he might have been a Charlotte Bobcat at one point. I'm just maybe just throwing out irrelevant teams. The New Jersey Nets. You know, Chris, you've given me no discernible pattern to pick up on in the way that you're telling these. Uh, It's another great pick. The early, sort of mid-2000s New Jersey Nets were not very relevant. Uh, But I'm going to say, knowing you, there's a chance he was a Brooklyn Net. No, I will. Probably not. I'm talking about the Nets franchise. Uh, I'm going to say no. He was not a New Jersey Net. Griffin, you are on the board. Ben Wallace was never a New Jersey Net. He does have some weird ones in his career. He started in Washington. Uh, he was an Orlando magician for one year. Of course, Everyone he had a very was. ill-fated tenure with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he played with LeBron James in Cleveland and then finished out his season back in Det- his uh, career back in Detroit. So, Griffin, you are on the board. Uh, unfortunately for you. Career. Let's do it with baseball. You have, it? yeah, I think... You have sort of really walked into my trap here, uh, but you played admirably. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed the game very much, so thank you for suggesting it. Uh, and we will definitely play it again soon, I think. Yeah, this but, was fun. I'm going to ride the my point into the break, though. I'm going to coast on that for a minute. Absolutely. Positive momentum. Uh, but coming up, we have what I can only describe as a truly demented segment when we return with High Floor. Low ceiling. You just do a different voice completely from Bevy of Bevy. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I- <laughs> different language. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned like, that this is a Spanish yeah. podcast, right? Okay. And welcome back to High Floor Low Ceiling. Oh, this is already going to go well. Sorry. Like, <laughs> okay, talk, talking already. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were stopping. <laughs> Mystery guest. Who is that? Oh. Clipping the mic, clipping the levels for sure. Um, Griffin, of course, this is the... Uh, we recorded the first segment already, and this is the second segment. Uh, we record things in the order people hear them. Um, so we just talked about some interesting stuff, and now we're going to talk about some more interesting stuff. Um Griffin, it's fair to say you have been desperate to <laughs> get on <laughs> the podcast Bevy of Bevies. Is that true? I wasn't desperate until I heard that your brother David wanted to be on, and then mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to be on first because, as I mentioned, I have this weird sort of right. fraternal rivalry with both Cullen and David as your three co-hosts. <laughs> yes, Cullen, of course, the co-host of Bevy of Bevies. Of uh, course, yes. <laughs> um, well, Griffin, of course, Bevy of Bevies is not allowed guests. That's a hard and fast rule that we might change. The drinks uh, are the guests. Sure, that's a great way to put it. But we thought, 
I mean, I thought really, not to spoil the guest, but uh, that we could bring the Bevy of Bevies experience to you. So we want to welcome to the show from Bevy of Bevies and the Can I Kick It podcast, Colin Ashley joins us. How are you today, Colin? I'm great. I'm I'm fresh off of a record of Bevy of Bevies. Two shots of tequila down. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Hey, we're advertising that fact. Uh, Colin, you, of course, are not a sports fan. I'm like a tentative. I like I'll pay attention. I'll watch playoffs. Yeah, I just sure. I've been out of the game for too long. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Did you did you play any sports as a child? Yeah, I did like you know pee wee basketball. Like I did a little bit of t ball, soccer, karate, football. Okay. And then I turned (laughs) ten and stopped. (laughs) Got into video games and movies. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, But the one thing you are, of course, is a huge sports drink fan. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I love Gatorade. I love water. <laughs> I love uh, kind, of the, kind of the original sports drink. Yeah, anything that'll quench my thirst. I'm a big fan. And Griffin, this is where the sort of intersection comes in between our two worlds, right? Yeah, your worlds colliding here, Chris, Colin, and I. A Twitter friendship becoming a real life friendship right exactly before our right. eyes. Yeah, you can big be fan of Colin on Twitter. Exactly, Oomphie. <laughs> what? Uh, oomph, one of my followers, a classic oh. Twitter term. I, I don't get. Chris uses a lot of internet terms that I don't. Sure. Chris is chronically online. Some might say, uh, oh, what? terminally, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. So, yeah. oh, <laughs> no, for me. I mean, for me. I mean, for me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the question I wanted to pose to both of you, and I'd love uh, an answer here. I'm hoping to get an answer. What are electrolytes? Oh. Well, they're very important, Chris. I'll tell you that much. Um, sure. It's basically uh, <laughs> okay. salt. Is it? That's what I was going to say. Salt. I feel yeah. like it's salt related. Whatever is gone from sweat is refilled by electrolytes. Yeah, you just sure. like you're like dripping electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, man, remember when they used to sweat Gatorade? Oh, oh yeah, the so commercials sick. were black and white, and then they'd yeah. just be like a runner with purple sweat. Yeah. They did that a parody of it on Saturday Night Live in the states uh, with Cookie loves Dough. Night Live. <laughs> I do love Saturday Night Cookie Live. Dough? Yeah, they did a fake Gatorade ad where it was like uh, one of the big, like the huge Gatorade bottles filled with Cookie Dough. Were they was, sweating? Like, Will Ferrell dough? playing basketball and he's like squirting Cookie Dough into his mouth. <laughs> I Sounds like that good. you said Saturday Night Live in the States. I don't know if it made it across the pond. <laughs> this is a good time. I th- I don't know if you two did this on purpose or not, but one of my favorite things about Bevy of Bevies is that, Colin, you are American, and Chris, you are Canadian, because you all, like, the ingredients... You did do this on purpose, yes. Yes, the ingredients <laughs> read is the highlight of every episode for That's me, so and to hear the slight differences in packaging and things like that, that always... I, I hang on to that with wrapped attention so i mean famously big tip of the cap i think of it all the time that the arizona green tea in canada is made with honey or cane sugar rather and in uh, america it's uh high fructose corn syrup yeah the the cane sugar corn syrup debate is a real it's a real problem for the united states frankly and i i'm afraid yeah. for your bevy future and it's yeah, always I guess, funny i guess when... we just don't allow corn syrup up here yeah <laughs> I think there are like laws about like what you can call it, what you can legally call a beverage. Sure. <laughs> um, at, at what point does it become a sauce over a beverage? Yeah, <laughs> the government this is of ice Canada cream in a bottle. spent months on that. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, Colin, of course, the the big uh, the big bevy news that you sort of wanted to bring onto the podcast sure. is that you have tried i don't even know if we have these in the united states but the internet in celebs yes sorry in canada uh the <laughs> close one yeah <laughs> the internet sniper dot on your forehead <laughs> <laughs> the internet celebrities logan paul and, and boxers and boxers i'm sorry i don't know how often boxing comes up but uh <laughs> yeah we should talk about their next matchup um <laughs> Logan Paul and KSI, they have this new beverage, Prime. And do you want to talk about YouTube Shorts here? Oh, boy. Do we have enough time? (laughs) Sure. I mean, YouTube Shorts is like a TikTok ripoff for YouTube uh, that I've become the biggest fan of. You've opened the... I wasn't aware that any human being on the planet had opened the (laughs) Shorts section of the YouTube. This is... uh, Yeah, I mean, I... I feel like there was a recent news post about uh, YouTube shorts having like 1.5 million views or something <laughs> or uh, subscribers. And I was all of them. Uh, I've, uh, I'm the biggest fan of YouTube shorts by default because I waste hours at a time just scrolling up. I don't have a TikTok. I don't use oh. TikTok. Everything I get is YouTube shorts, which I believe is just TikTok filtered down like three months later. Yeah, uh, it's how I learn about new songs, um, <laughs> and uh, it's how I get wrapped into the KSI Logan Paul world. Uh, but that you, is you, I feel like I feel like you kind of already <laughs> had this fascination. I mean, with I've YouTube been known. Figures. Yeah, I get. I get wrapped up in like i guess hate watching is a term for it of like terrible youtubers like vloggers like david dobrik and like uh mr beast i never i've never gone mr beast that's a little too gamer mode for me (laughs) i uh (laughs) i i I like to keep things live action (laughs) i want to see a bunch of 25 year olds go to vegas and spend fifteen thousand dollars on one roulette game and win every time and uh no i I get that i don't want to say that i've seen logan paul's diss track against jake paul at least five times but i have watched that video at least five times we uh, we (laughs) we've all watched it's every day bro yeah none of of us are from compton let's make that (laughs) yeah (laughs) all yeah (laughs) sort of the nick crompton of people (laughs) also not from compton uh i don't really watch logan paul he's sort of just collateral from uh, yeah my poison <laughs> watching of the sidemen <laughs> and uh recently <laughs> this recently. is the worst episode of my <laughs> but it's also the best episode of bevy of bevy sure yeah mm. this is just me going uh, I'm, I'm given a platform to talk about everything i'm <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but please uh talk about yeah, prime how did this come about so, yeah so <laughs> I started seeing on YouTube shorts people taste Prime, people talk about Prime. There's a famous TikTok cup that you pour a drink in and you squeeze it over and over and it turns it into a slushy. And uh, this guy who makes Subway sandwiches that I used to what watch. Are you talking about? <laughs> this guy who makes Subway sandwiches made his own slushy with Prime. And I was like, what the hell's Prime? Why is everyone talking about it? And, like, I've obviously heard of KSI. He's, like, Vine adjacent, same with Logan Paul. And and it's just their sort of Gatorade ripoff. It's, like, a low-calorie 
sports drink made with coconut water, similar to like a body armor. I don't know if they have that in Canada either. Body armor, I think, is very good, uh, but that is a similar problem to Gatorade where it's like very sweet and it's like that is more natural you know is what they advertise in Gatorade but it is like it's got a lot of sugar in it they use like coconut water they use real fruit and then prime is like very chemically <laughs> um the ingredients is like <laughs> trimagnesium citrate natural flavor uh like valine beta carotene for color just all these different things but it is just like filtered water, coconut water, and citric acid to, like, make it taste like a fruit punch. And this one I've never had before. I've tried basically every other flavor. I didn't have the blue raspberry. <laughs> uh, but apparently it's, like, very hard to find. Like, the store I bought it from, I saw they had it, and I was like, oh, I should try this. And, and you I was like, can I get, like... Said you, you said you bought every flavor. Is that correct? <laughs> well, yeah, every... Except for the, the blue raspberry. They didn't except have blue But I bought... Lemon, lime, grape, orange, uh, ice pop, which is like a sort of bomb pop, red, white, and blue popsicle flavor. Wow. And tropical punch, which is their red. And I've, I've saved this one because I knew this was coming up. Oh, well, nice. in a similar red vein, I've brought, I've brought my own <laughs> bevy to the table. I have Gator Light. Whoa. It's like a <laughs> Gator Light Gatorade? It is it says rapid rehydration electrolyte beverage. Uh, did you guys ever hear Griffin? Did you ever hear this when you were growing up that like, if you take medicine when you're not sick, that it'll like make you sick? Uh, I don't think I heard that exact thing. No, I can't. But please continue. I well, just I've I've been asking around because I feel like I heard this so much as a child. <laughs> and, and you're I, worried I, if you have a hangover cure, you'll get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I just feel like that's like it's it it now seems to me that that's just a classic thing that you could say to a child to be like don't take medicine. <laughs> like, yeah, don't I, drink I think this. that's more likely. Obviously, Chris, you were a child long before I was. Wow. Um, several. Colin years is older than me. Just want to. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I'm the guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking that, Colin. Um, but yeah, Colin brings up a great point with the hangover cure. What percentage of Gatorade consumption do we think is actually like post workout, and what percentage do we think is hangovers? Well, Speaking I was... personally, like one percent. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time, it's like I mean, it'll be like a hot damn. Like a Gatorade would be choice right now, mm, and I'll sure. roll out for a Gatorade. A lot of the time, it is like wake up the next morning very hungover, and it's like I just need something like cold that will make me feel good, and I know a Gatorade will do that for me. But, like, there is... I mean, it is the thing. Sounds like, like my ex-wife. Exactly. <laughs> Something cold when, that will make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, uh, occasionally. And Glee's Gatorade doesn't have a freaking mouth. Hey! But, wow. um, That's <laughs> um, But I also... There is something about having a Gatorade as soon as you've, like, exercised or played a sport where it just... It does hit different. And it's just, like... I'm hot, I'm sweaty, this is like ice cold and tastes like fruit, it's so good. <laughs> uh, what I was sort of going to ask and what I was wondering, Griffin, do you think that, like, are athletes drinking, like, normal Gatorade that you and I could, like, get off a shelf, or do they have, like, a special thing? Because I was watching a Blue Jays game the other day, and I saw Lourdes Gurriel Jr., he had, like, a powder, and he sort of, like chugged the powder and then drank some water and i feel like that's like it's like oh that's the real stuff that like you yeah. actually 
when you actually need it. But like, yeah. who I'd are have they drinking? to imagine that the team equipment manager is not just like buying a twelve pack of Gatorade and then like <laughs> emptying them into the big orange cooler and then being like, "All right, boys, get out there!" Like, there's got to be some scientific formula. I'm not sure yeah. if it's still made by is Gatorade PepsiCo? I assume so. That um, reads to me as like a BCAA, some sort of like protein athlete recovery like that you can mix with water and like a protein like a blender bottle sure uh and shake it up and have a a a juice like substance sure absolutely and you know maybe they're drinking this maybe they're drinking the rapid rehydration this is uh disconcertingly high in sodium i will say which is you know of course that's that's the idea yeah yeah pepsico PepsiCo canada by the way on my gatorade bottle glad to hear it um so shall we uh shall we all sample all these beverages and give our thoughts on them uh oh did i I didn't even say which one i had chris i have a a gatorade frost glacier cherry it looks like a white freezy which was always one of my favorite brands of or flavors of freezy Mm. what Uh, is freezy oh right you call them something else right like uh, an otter pop Oh, 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 like the sort of plastic sleeve that you turn into a pop. Yeah, it's just like it yeah, yeah, costs yeah. probably two cents to make and then yeah, sell yeah. it for 25 cents at the ball hockey rink. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I always forget pops. that, yeah, okay. we call those freezies. You can buy them at like a grocery store in like a big mesh bag. Yeah, and like and they're, they're like not like even frozen. Together. They're just like yeah, yeah, tubes yeah. of juice and you exactly take them home right. and stick them in your freezer. All right. We, we've... I believe I pitched an episode of Bevy of Bevies where we just drank one of those non-frozen. <laughs> That's a <laughs> yeah. good summer season episode. That's what I thought as well. <laughs> I don't think I ever shot that one down. <laughs> well, Col- yeah, Colin, here. you and I can bond over pitching <laughs> ideas and Chris rejecting them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Chris's podcasts are held to a very high standard that only Chris can reach. I hate this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're turning this into a roast. Uh, ready? Are we cracking on Mike? It would be an I honor. I think, yes, Griffin. What, uh, Griffin, let, why don't you start? Because, you know, you deserve the honor to... Do you think I, guess I should yeah. go... Here, let me just move the pop filter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Ooh, oh, that's great a great crack. One. Then I'll go ahead as well. I'll oh, I'll wait, I'll can... wait. Oh, yeah, I'll close. Oh, just like beautiful. this podcast. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Now that's Prime a crack. A good crack. That's an expert. Prime. Now, uh, do you want a little copy off of the Prime bottle? Absolutely. It was developed to mm. fill the void where great taste meets function with bold, thirst-quenching flavors to help you refresh, replenish, and refuel. Prime is the perfect boost for every endeavor. We're confident you'll love it as much as we do humbly the Prime team. Do you think Logan Paul wrote that? No, that is 100% is a KSI joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're consuming some Prime. I don't like it. It's bad. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, you can taste the fake sweetener. I would rather it just be like plain coconut water, but it is really like filled with like aspartame or something. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, it's, I've had it over ice, and that makes it more palatable. Which, uh, is that but just I mean, the, it, else, the ice melts and waters down the prime? Yeah, There's I mean, less it cuts, prime. it's very sweet. Like, it is very, very sweet. Uh, it oh. tastes like I'm drinking an unmelted <laughs> freezy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, frankly, oh. they've all been bad. Oh, that's, no. That's a big that's blow a to Logan Paul and KSI. Yeah, I'm sorry to say to the boys, but, uh. Um, I have I was just smelling my strawberry kiwi Gatorade. I don't know if I said the flavor there, but like the flavor profile I'm getting is like 
Griffin, I don't know if they have these in the States, Colin, but, like, you know, like, the Dole, like, strawberry kiwi juice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel, feel like, like was, I know what you are talking about, but no. go ahead. This was a real, like, high school vending machine purchase. Sure. Uh, and that's that would have been the, Fruitopia in the States, I believe. Sure. I mean, we famously still have Fruitopia at McDonald's. Do you know about this? No. Well, that's pretty much the end of it, but... Um, <laughs> Right. Griffin, thanks for having just... me. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, you've just sipped some Gatorade Frost. Can you give your thoughts on the the Glacier Cherry? Well, uh, I sip my strawberry kiwi. It's a nice flavor. It doesn't taste like cherries. That's for sure. Chris with a interest. We're gonna have to get to Chris's reaction to the strawberry <laughs> kiwi there. Um, it sort of just tastes like sweet fruit is the best i can describe it i think that's like <laughs> yeah more different gatorades will have like a more distinct flavor like the mm-hmm. lemon lime or the orange this one i think is just generally like it's pleasant uh, it's like gatorade flavored yeah yeah exactly it's it's heavy there's great electrolytes in there i can tell mm-hmm. um this my, my bottle has just like a fun fact on it it says helps maintain normal water and electrolyte balance carbohydrates carbohydrates provide energy it's just like a little fun science fact for you about what carbohydrates are Jeez, and what they true. do. But uh, yeah, a, a thumbs up. Not a golden thumb, but a thumbs sure. up for the uh, Glacier Cherry. I would probably give Prime on the whole like a... Uh, a brown thumbs down. Like a 630 thumb. <laughs> like <Sure. laughs> down and left. Um JFK it, style. Exactly. Um, oh We're Canadians. Uh, we can't get away with yeah. that. You don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe what happened to him. <laughs> um, Are you sitting down? Yeah. <laughs> he was. Uh, but, so, <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to get. It'll be great to listen to this, and I'm on for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're all, <laughs> it's like, what it's the? So chopped up. Um, but so, an, a negative take on this. I will. So, I had a sip of this strawberry kiwi Gatorade, and as you alluded to, Griffin, <sighs> I gave a very shocked expression because it's really salty. And wow. I immediately. Because it's like electro. It's, so, it's five electrolytes. Sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium, and calcium. Wait, it those has... are all examples of electrolytes? I thought yeah. electrolytes were like a thing. Like a, like an item? Yeah, like, like, like there's yeah, no sub-electrolyte. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't I think realize this that is... these other things that I've heard of are electrolytes. <laughs> right. I, I suppose they are. I mean, and this might <laughs> blow your lid, but... It has 490 milligrams of sodium. Jesus! That is, you bought salt water. (laughs) That that can't be good for human consumption. And after drinking, I immediately like put the lid back on and screwed it shut because I had the same feeling of like. (laughs) Because I had the same feeling of like, this is medicine and I'm not supposed to be drinking this because I'm not sick. That is insane. Wow. Can we do a quick sodium check? Mine has 10 milligrams. Mine I will say, has 270 milligrams. Okay, so that's, wow. more in the, that's more in the electrolyte wheelhouse. I will say, yeah. only 12 grams of sugar, which feels low okay. for a 
Yeah, mine is 34 grams of sugar. Yeah, so Gatorade's that's heavy. Gatorade world. That's your liquid calories. Prime, we're looking at two. I don't know. Do you all have two? Um, wow. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is it's low. It's 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 only 25 calories in a serving. Full bottles of serving. Uh, there was a old IsoPure. Uh, they they make protein powder and they also make protein drinks. They make like a Gatorade alternative that is like their sort of fruit drink, um, and that is like. 45 grams of protein, zero carb, zero sugar. It tastes very chemically, but this is like going for that. It's trying to be a Gatorade that doesn't break the bank calorically, mm. but they still, you get zero protein from it. And I feel like mm. if you're going to commit, commit, you know, like give me something. Now I'm just like, I'm, this is like net neutral Gatorade, which is, I don't want that. <laughs> I'd rather like I'd rather go like with a like a Gatorade Zero where it's like sure I get the flavor of Gatorade with the sort of fake or artificial sweetener kick that I don't love, but at least I'm having Gatorade. I'm not having right. Prime supporting terrible people, <laughs> giving them money directly. <laughs> I mean, I guess the people PepsiCo who you know sure. they didn't go to the suicide force in Japan, but they're probably bad people also. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I was wondering goodness. how long we would go before we got to the suicide forest in Japan. I mean, this reference. is also like, is that not? They Jake? are bad guys. They like, they. It is funny to compare them as YouTubers of like <laughs> the British evil vlogger. Like lads are still quaint compared to like the Paul brothers and sure. others. Do we sure. think that the Japanese suicide forest? video wouldn't have been as big a scandal if he hadn't been wearing the alien from toy story hat. that's yeah he he looks crazy in that video. he looks so dumb um okay yeah i, I feel, feel like so that one response. was maybe too big to fail <laughs> <laughs> it was always gonna get out there no matter what he wore <laughs> my guess Okay, as I do feel some responsibility for keeping this podcast on track, uh, sure, Griffin, sure. how long we've been going here? Uh, we're over 20 minutes of high-quality content. Okay. Well, I think that will have to do it then. <laughs> uh, did I mention the Suicide Force yet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was just one thing I wanted to get on before I left. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I was able to say it. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you made it to the end, thank you all for listening. I hope you are as Please like come back. This is a real. Mi- I feel like everyone listening to this is going to be like Mr. Krabs meme situation. Where it's like, what is going on? Sorry, like, yeah. I assume like twenty minutes ago we were like, yeah, Teoscar Hernandez is really on a hitting streak, and now <laughs> we've like made our way to this. Do you know what um, laminar flow is? <laughs> I've heard of that, but I forget what it is. <laughs> It's like, it's like, uh, like when you, a liquid is flowing like so perfectly without like air getting into it that it looks like it's not moving. Okay. I'm saying, so your podcast before I was on is like (laughs) laminar flow water and I just stuck my finger in it and I was like, spraying everywhere. Yeah. Put my thumb on the end of a hose. (laughs) Right into my face. Um, Colin, thank you so much for joining Please. us. This <laughs> thank is you for having the, me. Yeah. One of the most unique episodes of Bevy and Bevy's, or of uh, High Floor Low Ceiling we've ever had. Wow. It's a normal episode of Bevy and Bevy's. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this segment for yeah, whatever sure. reason, uh, you can listen to Bevy and Bevy's with Colin and myself. You can follow it at Bevy of Bevy's on Twitter. That's B-E-V-Y of B-E-V-V-I-E-S. Uh, 
And Griffin, that will do it for our episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. You can follow us at HFLC Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Or YouTube shorts, I guess. Yeah, convert. Uh, <laughs> I love the yeah, content. Uh, you'll see I've it in a few months. i watched all the other YouTube shorts already. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube is out of shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Eat my shorts. Um, you can follow Griffin at GriffinPorter97 on Twitter. You can follow myself at CHousenJan. Listen to Got the Runs. Uh, prepare to listen to OUA in conversation. I still have faith, baby. It's coming back. It um, is coming back. And of course, do not listen to Bevy of Bevies unless you got yeah. something out of this. But if you like um, this, but one of the one less normal person, uh, <laughs> only yeah. craziness, <laughs> uh, then definitely check that out. That will have to do it for this week. Until next time, please keep your floors high and your ceilings low. Griffin, do you want to say it? I would be absolutely honored, Chris <laughs> and Colin. Sip, sip. See sip, you next sip. time.